When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody, here at Lincoln Financial Field, the site of the Eagles. Yes, they did win the game. I know it might not feel that way, but the site of their 19-10 win over the Oakland Raiders on Christmas night. So, obviously, first we'll start this off. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Matt. Happy to... uh Happy to be here doing this, I guess. Merry Christmas <laughs> to you, Elliot. And uh, what we learned tonight after the Eagles' 19-10 to 10 win is you and I won't be getting on an airplane until yes. the Eagles potentially go to a Super Bowl in Minnesota. They avoid a road game in Minnesota at some point during the playoffs, which I don't know about you, that's not a trip I was looking yeah, forward was not, to. Yeah, I was not, yeah. But a lot more questions were raised about this team, even though they got the win and even though they got the job done. Yeah, so I think the best way to kind of start this off is well first I think we should each say one positive thing since it's Christmas but I put a tweet out after the game and I asked uh you know the Eagles clinched number one seed they won the game do you feel better or worse about this team's playoff chances 2,500 votes in we're at 84 percent saying they feel worse so I, I think us I think the fact that I would agree we both probably feel worse about this isn't you know us being negative or trolling I think a lot of the fans feel worse after this I think you know, we just came up from the locker room talking to the players. Um, I know Lane Johnson said, look, they're happy to win, but only scored 13 points on offense. A lot of the offensive guys, you talked to the defensive guys, so yep. you probably got a little bit of a different answer because they, they did play well tonight. But the offensive guys said they did that they didn't feel good about how the game went for them tonight, and with good reason. I mean, the offense was terrible. Yeah, I wrote about this on the site right at the gun that, you know, this team has faced a boatload of adversity this entire month, whether it's going on the road and losing to Seattle, losing Carson Wentz for the season with a torn ACL the next week, giving up over 500 yards of total offense and over 435 yards of passing to Eli Manning and the Giants last week, and tonight having to come back and win on a Jake Elliott field goal to break a 10-10 tie, and then, of course, you have the fumble Ruski on the lateral mm-hmm. that you score the go-ahead touchdown to make it. Brutal last-second cover, by the way. Yeah, 19-10, to 10 and, and and if you had it at Eagles minus 10, you didn't get your cover because, again, similar to the Rams game, they kneeled down on the extra point attempt. But, you know, if we want to talk about positives, I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you the one you asked for and a bonus. Number one, they overcame a little bit more adversity tonight, albeit against an inferior opponent in the Raiders. And number two, you know, a lot of the defensive players talked about this, that last week they didn't play well at all. They gave up a lot of points. They gave up a lot of yards. But it was the offense and Nick Foles that bailed them out, whereas tonight this offense couldn't get out of its own way couldn't get any traction in the running game couldn't get anything going in the passing game they averaged 3.5 yards per play which i i'd have to look this up but i'm going to assume that's the low on the year but at the end of the day it was the defense and ronald darby redeeming himself with that interception that set up the game-winning drive and ultimately helped them win this football game so two positives from me overcame some more adversity and the defense um, bailed the offense out similarly to the offense bailing the defense out last week yeah my positive would be the running game um early on especially on their first touchdown drive they really leaned on the running game I think nine of the first 10 play calls on that first touchdown drive that resulted in a JHI screen pass which is a pass but I mean Foles threw it 
basically a yard to the right. So it wasn't, you know, Foles didn't do much. The running backs carried them on that drive. Now, the only thing is for the game, they finished with 21 carries, 78 yards for 3.7, which isn't bad, but it certainly, I don't think, speaks how well they played. I thought Jay Ajayi played really well tonight. Um, every time he had the ball, especially in the first half, yes, he did have that fumble, which was bad. There's no denying that. But in the first half, at least, I thought when he had the ball, he looked like he was a threat to break it every single time. It looked like he had some extra pep in his step. And I think he probably knew coming in that they were going to get the ball a ton. I mean, he had it 14 times. Felt like he touched it a lot more than that, though. He I mean three three catches and where he hit the touchdown. So he had uh, 73 total yards of offense, which is one of his better games in Eagles uniform. But... Um, before we get into Foles, the thing is, if they're going to win in the playoffs, they're going to have to do it with defense and running. And that is kind of how they did it tonight. I mean, besides the Jai fumble, the running game I thought really carried the offense. I mean, the passing game. They only finished with 78 rushing yards, though. And I, and I know yeah, but I think they played away. better than that. Yeah, I, th- I think in the first quarter, when it looked like they were going to establish the run and ground and pound, it looked like, okay, this is a formula that's going to win you games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then got away Doug from Peterson it. got away from it, and you started to throw your way into some trouble. And and maybe part of that is panicking after the Amari Cooper 63-yard touchdown where Jalen Mills bid on a double move, and you felt like you needed to somehow get your receiving game involved. Maybe you needed to you you know get your quarterback into a rhythm, but it just wasn't working. And they never Mm-mm. really got back to running the football either. So I think that if you want to project out what this game might mean in terms of how it played out. If you're Doug Peterson and you're Frank Reich and you're Deuce Staley, you got to figure out to get some sustained success on the ground because the weather's not going to get any better, the opponents and the defenses aren't going to get any easier, and you're going to have to, if tonight is any indication, lean on your running game because Nick Foles, his limitations came to the forefront in this offense tonight. Absolutely. And, I mean, look, another positive I'll say is this. You, you started off by, by mentioning it, and obviously it's one of the big stories from this game. They're the number one seed now. So – they're not going to have to go to Minnesota. They don't have to go to Seattle. They don't have to go to L.A. They're not going to have to go to Carolina. They definitely don't have to go to New Orleans. That's really good news for this team because, look, I think they're they're 10-0 they're now at home this season. Or, no, that can't possibly they're, be They're right. 7-0. Uh, 7-0, and 0, right. I think yeah. I was including preseason or something. Yeah, there's, I think they've won their last 10 They've won their Maybe last 10 years dating yeah. back to last year. Yeah. Right. So, obviously, they've been an impressive team at home. Now, a lot of their toughest opponents have come on the road, and that just is what it is. But there's no denying the fact that, you know, they have the Cowboys game next week, then they're going to have a week off. The fact they open this at home is a huge advantage to them. I mean, even just today, walking into the stadium, it was cold. I mean, it was cold, it was windy, and, you know, some of these teams are going to come in, that's not going to matter. But a team like New Orleans, a team like the Rams, um, it's it's going to be an advantage to the fact that they're at home. So when we talk about this team, we talk about, you know, the struggles of quarterback, some of the struggles on defense – the fact that, you know, they didn't clinch a playoff spot tonight. They clinched a number one overall seed. That's yep. a huge deal. I mean, yep. if they had clinched, like, the number six seed, then, you know, we'd talk about it, but it's like, why even bother? They're not going to the play. They're not going to the Super Bowl. I still don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I think the fans are right to feel worse after this game. I think you saw the major limitations with Foles as opposed to Wentz. But they win one game. They win their first playoff game at home, you're in the conference championship. And then who knows what happens. So, you know, it, it is a huge deal. And I think you're right. The fact that they they are showing they know how to win games. And I always say about quarterbacks, a sign of a good quarterback is they, is they know how to win. I, I mean, I think Foles is not a good quarterback. So well, I'm, I'm the thing. taking and, away and my own know, point, but he is 2-0 and as a starter. Right, now. and I don't, I don't know that we can say that Nick Foles doesn't know how to win, but I, I will say this. The way that they have to win with Nick Foles, it's so much different than the way that they could win 
with Carson Wentz. And I think tonight you really saw the limitations of the offense with Nick Foles combined with the value of Carson Wentz. Two key areas, number one, third down. Mm -hmm. They were one of 14 on third down tonight when Carson Wentz was healthy and in the game throughout the course of the season. They were the number one rated third down offense in the NFL, close to 50% conversion rate. Nowhere close to that tonight. No, they were what, one of 14 tonight? Yep, one of 14 on the game against uh, the Raiders tonight. But if you want to just look even bigger picture and what that means, that means that the defense is on the field for longer. The Raiders had the ball for 34 minutes. Eagles had it for 25. You put more pressure on your defense because you're getting more possessions into your opponent. And that's one of the things we talked about back when we were in the L.A. Coliseum was that without Carson Wentz and those Harry Houdini acts of escapability from the pocket and converting on third downs, you put stress on your defense. You, you, you know, then create the opportunity if you do give up points and you do give up yards like you did burying yourself in a 20 to seven hole against the Giants last week, where your defense is under a lot of stress and your quarterback is under a lot of pressure to come up big in big spots. And, and Nick Foles tonight, I don't think he was very accurate. I think that he sailed a couple of balls really high, particularly to Zach Ertz, one of which almost got him killed down along the goal line. Another one that if it's just a little bit lower, maybe he hauls in a touchdown and it changes uh, the, the scope of the entire game. But I think that we saw tonight the Eagles built a lot of their success this season on offense around Carson Wentz's escapability and his ability to make plays on third down and move the chains, keep possessions going. And Nick Foles just doesn't have that in him. And that's just... It's one of the limitations that he has, so now you have to rely on running the ball. Now you have to rely on dinking and dunking down the field. And I just don't know that when you get into the postseason against some of these defenses and some of these quarterbacks that know how to light up a scoreboard, I don't know if that's sustainable. So we're about 10 minutes into the podcast. We've been pretty positive so far. I think it's time to get into the negative for tonight. And you touched on it there, but let me put it in, in simpler terms. This team is not going anywhere with Nick Foles at quarterback. I don't care... How I, I don't care. I mean, you can take this soundbite, and if they're holding the Lombardi Trophy at the end of it, I'll admit I was wrong, but they, they're not going anywhere with Nick Foles. I mean, you know, even tonight, so that, that final drive, the, the drive where he gets the ball at the four, Eagles 48-yard line. So they're basically, you know, 20, 25 yards away from field goal range as it is. He gets a five-yard completion, an eight-yard completion to Aguilar, where Aguilar did most of the work, a four-yard completion, a four-yard completion, and an incomplete pass to uh, Corey Clement on third and two. Me or you would have had a half-decent shot of completing those passes. I mean, they were just in the flat, straight out to the side. Like, there was nothing Nick Foles did tonight that was impressive to me. I don't think he had any moment where I said, all right, you know, there you go. Yeah, well, La- last signature play? I don't know that he had a signature play I can't play think of it. I mean, and the- you don't need one every game. Well, honestly, the signature play was probably the, the pass that, that should have been intercepted but yeah. was dropped yep. by Reggie Nelson. Yep. I mean, that was terrible. Um, the Eagles are really, really lucky that that was not intercepted. And to me, the the biggest thing that shows how, how bad he was, and you touched on it, was what do you have, 23 yards leading into that final drive passing in the second half? Yeah. I mean, they were able to get nothing going. And so this is kind of how, you know, you mentioned it. But, yeah, they got to win with running the ball. They got to win with defense. At the end of the day, you have to have a quarterback in the playoffs that can make plays for you, not execute the offense, not, you know, just not turn it over. You need a quarterback that can – make plays for you. And Nick Foles is not that guy. You saw it tonight. He can't really handle pressure. He can't throw on the run. You could see the noticeable difference between when he's at quarterback and when Wentz is, just in the way that the ball is delivered. I mean, Wentz gets it out. By the time the receivers are making their cuts, 
the, the ball's right there for him. I mean, Carson the... Wentz throws people open. He threw receivers right. open throughout the course of the year. Nick Foles needs to throw to open receivers, and, and the receivers weren't getting a lot of separation tonight. And, and even what you'd consider a relatively tight window, but not necessarily one where you compliment the quarterback for fitting it into a really tight window. Right. Those are tough throws for for Nick Foles. He needs the every throw to be is a open. tough full, is a tough throw for Nick Foles. I mean, he was. I mean, look at this. Look at the stat line tonight. Let me pull it up. I mean, I can't. He had one interception, which is pretty wild. He was nineteen to thirty eight yeah. for one sixty three. He was sacked twice. And Elliot, I'll just keep going back to hammering this point. They were one for fourteen on third down. And really, offense. that's how they. And the stat that you said last time to me was extremely telling. The Raiders had the ball nine more minutes yep. than the Eagles tonight. Yep. Third down, time of possession. That's how the Eagles have been winning this season, and that's a lot. That's how they went seven and nine last year. I mean, they were in a lot of games because they were good with time of possession. And I don't know, remember about third down, but this year it has been third down. They're not going to win playing this brand of football, and that's the thing. You know, I saw Sidney Jones tweet after the game, and this was kind of the message a lot of players said afterwards: "Good teams find a way to win." And yeah, that's true, but this team, like. They're they're finding ways to beat really bad teams, and they're playing down. I mean, how many teams in the league do they win? Do they do they beat over these last two weeks playing the way they did? They're certainly not beating any team that that's heading towards the playoffs. No, I agree, and I think that when you look at the hierarchy in the NFC right now, yes, they're the number one seed. Yes, they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and that's huge. You have two home games, and it's in Philadelphia in late January, so you could get some snow mixed in there. You could get some really you know, nasty winds like we saw tonight with gusts upwards of 25 miles an hour, and like you touched on earlier, a team like Atlanta, a team like New Orleans, maybe mm-hmm. even especially the Rams coming from the West Coast, not much playoff experience, that could really impact impact a game and, and that's all well and good and that helps you but I think that when you look at the hierarchy of the NFC you can't look at the Eagles and the way they're playing right now and say they're the best team in the NFC I think that if you were having just a, a power ranking of these six potential playoff teams yeah I'd say right now Elliot based on what we've seen the last two weeks they're number five or number six and I do think that there is something for finding a way to win in the NFL I do understand and relate to a lot of players and coaches when they say that it's a tough league to win in and every win is 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 a win a win is a win regardless of how it looks and this isn't college football where you need style points but I just don't know how you match up against a team that has such a menacing defense as the the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Carolina have. Panthers have a good Carolina defense. Carolina Panthers have a good defense and a quarterback who seems to be peaking over the last two or three weeks. You have Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and a really good defense uh, in the Rams who you struggled with, even though – Carson went through four touchdowns, and you look at some other teams like Atlanta with a reigning MVP, a team that almost won the Super Bowl, guys like Julio Jones on the outside, and then you have, oh, oh yeah, a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees right. with Mark with uh, Melvin, uh, Alvin Kamara and, and Ingram. Mark, Mark Ingram. Two dominant, young, between-the-tackles running backs that can really change the impact of a game, and I don't know how, where you rank the Eagles above any of those teams the way they're playing of late. You can't. You can't. And now let's talk about the defense before we get into a complete power ranking type of thing. But the defense today even, all right, the encouraging part was the five turnovers. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins making a huge play. Ronald Darby made a huge play. I'm honest to God not trying to discredit him, but that was a terrible throw by Derek Carr that literally went right to him. Patrick Robinson as well when it was a really bad underthrow that Robinson intercepted. He had good coverage, and, you know, he didn't let the receiver, you know, beat him over the top or anything, but it was another underthrow by Derek Carr. And I'm not trying to – and I know you're not trying to discredit the defense either, but 
this was just another mediocre quarterback performance in a long line of those that this secondary has feasted on this year. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, the other area of concern on the defense was Jalen Mills. Um, did have a pass breakup late, which was good. I mean, but he really should have picked the ball off. But he bit yet again on the on a double move that resulted in how many yards was that? Like a sixty-something yard touchdown. Sixty-three that, yard touchdown. Sixty-three to yard. Cooper, yep. He's got to play better. I mean, yep. coming off of Ronald Darby last week, they were both biting on double moves last week. Jalen Mills does it again. The book is kind of out on how you beat these Eagles corners. Um, after the beginning of the year where they were playing better than a lot of people expected, including us, um, the book's out now. They, they bite on double moves. They're very aggressive. They're susceptible to you know jumping routes. And you've seen the last two weeks. And, again, these are teams with Derek Carr, I think at one point, was a very good quarterback. This year, for whatever reason, he has not been. So you can't really say they're facing good he, they haven't faced a good quarterback either last two weeks. Amari Cooper is a good receiver. He's struggled a little bit just cuz the whole offense has and he struggled with drops this this year, but again, not great receivers the last two weeks and they're getting beat up and down the field. Today they came up with turnovers and they did get put in some tough spots, but I still think there was some concerning aspects of the defense's performance today. Yeah, and and I agree with everything you said, and I do agree that the book is out on how to beat this secondary, the double moves, going over the top on them. Remember, this is a secondary that led the league in, in X plays over the last two years prior to this season. They've been better this year. I'd contend that a lot of the success of the secondary is due to the fact that you played a lot of quarterbacks like C.J. Bethard and Brock Osweiler, Mm -hmm. a lot of middling, middle-of-the-road quarterbacks for about a six- or seven-game stretch, a rookie Mitchell Trubisky thrown in there, a backup quarterback with the Arizona Cardinals. And I just think that this secondary made its bones and played above its head against really weak quarterback play. But tonight... I give them a lot of credit because, yes, we can point to the Jalen Mills mistake, and that was a really bad bad play. It was a bad look, particularly after the game the secondary had against the Giants last week. But, Elliot, they held Derek Carr and the Raiders to 77 passing yards mm-hmm. other than that one long completion. So you can say that they gave up a bad play, but they also had five turnovers, one of which a Ronald Darby interception that set up the game-winning field goal drive. So while I think you can look at it both ways – I don't think that this is a night to hammer the play of the no. secondary and the defense because they did recover nicely from that bad Jalen Mills blunder. Agreed. I'm just saying if we're looking at every single game from here on out in terms of well, will, the, will this get it done in the playoffs, clearly the five turnovers they ended up with will get it done. I still think, though, the secondary needs to play better than it did tonight. Just, I agree. I just think you know Jalen Mills getting yep. beat. But, again, that's just one play. Maybe I'm being overly And, and here, here's the thing in, in your defense and kind of underscoring the point we're trying to make. When you get into playoff games, like we saw against the Rams, like we saw against the Seahawks, where and we've hammered this to death over the last two mm-hmm. or three games, one or two plays is going to make all the difference in the world. And if Jalen Mills gets beat on one double move or Ronald Darby bites on a play fake and they give up a big play over the top, that could change the outcome of a playoff game because – especially now when you don't have that transcendent level quarterback play that you were getting for much of the season with Carson Wentz, one or two mistakes on defense, that can that can kill you come postseason mm-hmm. time. And that's what almost cost them tonight. So we'll have a lot, you know, we'll have two or three days to think about this. I guess, yeah, we'll probably do the, the hot take pod on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. So we'll have a day or two to think about it. But let me just put this out here to start. So number one, number one seed clinch, nothing to play for next week against the Cowboys. You're going to have the bye week, and then you'll have your home playoff game. 
Do you play the starters next week against Dallas? Yeah, you and I have debated this a lot on the Mm -hmm. podcast, in the media room, at practice. I was coming into tonight thinking that once you locked it up, you rest the starters. I don't feel that way anymore. I think that, you know, you look at what Nick Foles did tonight. You look at the offense just not being able to get out of its own way. I don't think you can go three weeks between now and playing a playoff game Mm. with that product on the field. I think that you have to mitigate some of the risk against injury. So if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm putting together a preseason game plan where I give the starters a quarter, I play them for the first quarter, I get them some work, and I get them out of there. I think you need to get them some work, get them some time to work on their chemistry. You got to try to spend these next five or six days leading into the Cowboy game putting together an offensive scheme that highlights whatever you think is going to work with Nick Foles and with this running game because you can't game plan the offense the way you did with Carson Wentz. As much as they wanted to talk about nothing changing and running their system, we've seen now over tonight that that won't work with Nick Foles. If he plays the way he did tonight, that won't work. So you need to figure out in a game situation – even for just a quarter, you need to figure out what that looks like and how it works before you go into the playoffs. And here's the thing, too. like I, I'm not saying the loss of Lane Johnson wouldn't matter, because it would. He's probably the one player you can least afford to lose at this point. But Lane Johnson played tonight, and they still only scored 13 points. So on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not as concerned about playing the defensive guys. I mean, at this point, they are who they are. Jalen Mills is not going to benefit from playing another week. Malcolm Jenkins is not. Fletcher Cox is not. I think they not. could use a rest, too. Yeah, honestly. Based on what we've seen the last two weeks, I think that the defense – could really stand to benefit from resting the starters, giving those but, guys a couple weeks to agreed. You know, recover. There's no reason to have Fletcher Cox out there in, in a Correct. lot of ways. But on offensive side of the ball, I mean, look, like, is it really going to be that much different if they have Nate Sudfeld in there? I mean, Foles was terrible tonight. And I'm not saying that Nick Foles isn't better than Nate Sudfeld, but the offense you saw tonight, it's not like losing a starter is really going to matter. The, 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 the way they played tonight is not going to get it done. It's clear that Foles has to get on the same page with his outside receivers. I mean, in the first half, I think he only targeted outside receivers four times, yep. and two of them were Nelson Aguilar, who is a slot guy, but, I mean, it's still a receiver at the end of the day. Um, let's see, how many targets did Alshon have tonight? It is not a lot. And he did not talk to the media afterwards. He did not. He did not. A lot of the offensive guys did not talk to the media. Today. Alshon Jeffrey. Two targets, two targets, no catches. Torrey Smith, five targets, one catch for five yards. Aguilar, seven, four catches, 35 yards. But still, so you're talking about 40 yards receiving from uh, Aguilar, Jeffrey, and Smith. And Smith said after the game, well, that's just part of the way it goes sometimes. I mean, there were weeks he would have live targets. There's weeks he would have none even when Wentz was in there. And that's true, but the difference is you had some track record of success, whereas you don't really have that with Foles. So I think you absolutely put Foles out there. I think you play the majority of the starters. Um, if you had any option besides Lane, I would say maybe don't play him and Kelsey, but you really don't. Um, I don't think they play Wisniewski just because of his ankle. Um, I think he could play if it was a playoffs, but at this point too, like Wisniewski is going to go how many weeks without playing now? Five? But he's another guy in Brandon Graham tonight with his ankle. That's kind of a little bit of an unknown. And he seemed fine after the game. Right. And and, and he said that it didn't seem like it was that big a deal. But still, it's an injury you're dealing with. I'll always say this. I remember being in, I think it was Indianapolis Colts Stadium. Or no, it was the Dallas Cowboys Stadium two years ago. 
Jordan Hicks after the game said he absolutely fine, nothing to worry about. Next day he was placed on season-ending IR. Yep. I'm not saying Brandon Graham is not. I think Brandon Graham plays plays in the playoffs. The only point I'm making is players are always very I, positive. I totally about, agree, and yeah. they're always going to say they're going to play, and always going to say they're feeling fine. But I think that you have anybody who's banged up, whether it's Jalen Mills, you know, still dealing with an ankle injury the other the other week. Tonight looked like he went down briefly, then came back in the game. Brandon Graham, Wisniewski. You need these guys healthy in the playoffs. You don't need them playing in Week 17. So we're so, in agreement. You yeah. would start Foles. I'd start Foles. I'd play the offensive starters. Maybe a quarter. Maybe into the. What do you do quarter. if they struggle? You get that, them out of there. I, mean, I, I think you just get them out of there, and you take the bye week to regroup and try to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> just try just to find Wentz and ACL. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to mitigate the injury risk against the Cowboy team. They, let's face it; maybe they'd want to take a shot next week um, at playing spoiler in any way possible. Yeah, for sure. So I think we both. So we're both in agreement on two things. One, you feel worse after this game for their playoff chances. Yeah, I mean, I went into this game thinking there was a chance they could win one playoff game. Now I'm not so sure that that can happen. Yeah, so I definitely feel worse. I went in kind of feeling a little bit maybe they would have some shot in the first run. At this point, they're not winning a playoff game if they play like this. I mean, Foles would have to really shock everybody with a big game for them to win, and I just think the chances of that are slim. And we're both in agreement we, they would play the start play the starters for some capacity yep. next week. Yep. All I right. think you have to on offense. I agree. So, everyone, tell us what you think about that stuff. We forgot to tweet it after the game, unfortunately, but we need your hot takes for the pod. You can tweet them at hashtag the no huddle show or email us at at the no huddle show um, at nj.com. We always read all the hot takes on the Tuesday pod. We'll react to them. And a lot to talk about this week between Foles, the defense, should they sh- or shouldn't they play the starters. What are their playoff chances now they have to lock up number one? So everyone, please do that. And then if you're still listening at this point, we appreciate your five-star reviews um, or any review, really. Maybe a five-star review with some uh, some comments. We've heard you guys about maybe us being too negative. We're still going to be honest with you, but we started off with some positivity today, so it's Christmas. So we do read the reviews. We do listen to our feedback, and we appreciate everyone that's done it. So, Matt, tomorrow's Tuesday already coming off this Monday night game, but we'll I will talk to you for the uh, – Hot Take Pod on Wednesday. Talk to you Wednesday. Merry Christmas to everybody out there listening.